You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. We'll get 20% off your next order. Let's talk about the stock of wide receivers in the NFL. Who are the top 10 guys going forward through the lens of dynasty football? Matt Williamson's dynasty wide receiver rankings for 2021. His top 10 receivers there. And uh, Matt, I have to imagine this was difficult for you because there's so many good wide receivers in the NFL. And there's so many good young wide receivers in the NFL. And the top few I know uh, some familiar names will be there, but man, getting down to seven, eight, nine, ten, and the names you had to leave off the list probably had to be pretty difficult. Yeah, very. I mean, there's so many high quality, you know, wide receivers, and a lot of them have entered the league in the last one, two, three years. So you think, you know, their best football might even be ahead of them. You know, I mean, DJ Moore didn't even sniff this list, and he's had a really good young career. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like just part, you know, small example. There's tons of them, um, and it's funny because Ryan and I are doing a little um, you know, exercise on Locked On Dynasty where we're we're team building. We're we're picking one guy per show, and we're not going to take receivers for a while just because there's so many. I mean, it's just a shortage of quarterbacks and super flex and there's only a couple top top tight ends running backs don't last long but there's only 10 to 12 that you're really super comfortable starting for fantasy every week but receivers i bet there's 40 to 50 that you don't mind checking that box on sunday morning for fantasy then you look around the league i mean this is fantasy aside pretty much every team has two or three that are dangerous players and then this this crop coming in is going to be really good there is, I think, some quarterback changes that might affect your list as well. Now that I've taken a peek at this and I didn't ha- uh, didn't really look deep into it until we started recording this because I wanted to be somewhat surprised by some of the rankings here and have some natural reactions. And by the way, if you want to get deeper into the Dynasty football conversation, as Matt just mentioned, the Locked on Dynasty football podcast is coming at you daily here on the network. By the way, I'm Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. Matt is at Williamson NFL. And if we have some time later, I want to hit some more of those mailbag questions from yesterday's two-minute drill that we didn't yeah. get to because there's still some good ones lingering out there. But let's kick off this list of your top dynasty wide receiver assets heading into 2021. As I mentioned, there are so many first, second, third-year receivers. But my top two, I went with, quote, older guys. They're not older. And I, I, I preface this, though, but if we did this one year ago, Myself and everyone else would have Michael Thomas at number one. I mean, think about the, the the production that he put up year after year, and you can fall pretty quick. I mean, Thomas's name may or may not find out, find his way on this list. So there is a lot of uh, turnover with these these guys. But still, I went with Devontae Adams one, Tyree Kill two. I mean, they're pretty inarguably the best two quarterbacks in the league. Super dangerous, you know, high-end offenses. The numbers that Adams put up this year are just ridiculous. And, you know, he turns 28, though. I mean, that's getting up there. But I look at it like if I can have three more years similar to this one and then a slow decline, I'm fine with that. I worry a little about Hill, though. What if he blows out an ankle or a knee or something? You know, like 
Adams, some of these route runner types fade away slower. Where Hill, is he going to be the fastest player in the league three years from now? I don't know. <laughs> but in the meantime, he scores a ton of touchdowns and is an unstoppable force, as I think we will see on Sunday. Yeah, and, and I love those two picks at the top because veteran players who are playing at their peak right now that give you volume, that give you touchdowns. Tyreek Hill scored, what, 15 touchdowns this year. I mean, that's crazy production for what most people think of as, you know, the speedy, small guy, but he can go up and get the ball. He plays bigger than his size, makes plays downfield, and oh, yeah, they have the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, right, and Hill's missed five games over the last three years, which, okay, no big deal. I mean, but it's something noteworthy. Still scored 44 receiving touchdowns in those three years, so... A lot of the analytics folks, and I'm not saying they're wrong, will tell you, don't count on touchdowns. They're a little up and down. You know, I mean, Adams caught 18 this year. But when you do it over a three-year stretch and a guy like Hill that gets behind defenses eight to ten times a year, that's not fluky. This is where the list gets interesting, Matt, because you start to skew a little bit younger and there's some projection involved versus some players that – have maybe put up a million catches in the NFL to this point in their career. Who's number three on this list after Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill? Let's lump these two together as well. The former Ole Miss teammates. I have A.J. Brown at three, D.K. Metcalf at four. That's about as low as you'll see Metcalf in Dynasty ranks. And not that I hate him, don't get me wrong. But some people have him one. Um, about a month or so ago, he was clearly one, maybe six weeks or not, whatever Seattle was really humming. He was pulling away from the pack as number one, came down to earth quite a bit late in the season, and the whole passing offense did. I just think Brown, I compare Brown to Julio Jones. I'm not saying he's quite there, but in that mold and do it all. And I thought he battled injuries, which another reason I compare him to Julio Jones. A lot of lower body injuries that nag him all year. It worries me a little bit that he's losing Arthur Smith, and we'll get to a guy that's gaining Arthur Smith here, and I'm talking not going to be Julio. That worries me a little bit for the Tennessee offense in general. He might lose Corey Davis and John U. Smith. Does that mean more targets for Brown, or does that make life more difficult for him? I just watch him and think, wow, what a great player. He could be the best receiver in the league one year from now. I don't know what's in the water in Oxford, yeah. Mississippi, where they went to college at Ole Miss, but both those guys are so ridiculously rocked up, too. And that's good and bad because I do worry about longevity and guys that are too muscled up uh, and, and, you know, things like hamstrings and soft tissue and maybe having shorter careers. And we've already seen some injuries with A.J. Brown. D.K. Metcalf had injuries coming into the league, has done pretty well since he's been in the NFL as far as that goes. But both those guys are pretty freaky, and D.K. Metcalf probably nobody as freaky. And maybe if it was a different offense with a different quarterback, he's not quite that um, possession underneath guy that's going to catch 120 passes like right. Michael Thomas. But there might be none better as far as a deep ball guy in the league right now because of his size, his speed, that combination. And he's really good at tracking the ball down the field, too. If you had to have Brown or Metcalf on your fantasy team from now until eternity, who would you pick? I would probably go Metcalf, but I don't have. Most people I, do. I yeah. wouldn't fight you about AJ Brown because I love him too. I think Metcalf is just still improving with some of the other finer points in his game, and he's getting a lot better. And he still dominates on some route, like slants. He still can dominate on some routes that gets the ball underneath, and he's actually surprisingly good on some like screen passes and some other things. So he can catch the ball short. He's not just a one trick pony. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't dislike them. Don't get me wrong. I just think Brown's better at football right now. But I mean, if you're picking up teams on the back schoolyard, everyone's going to take Metcalf. And I get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he could change the game. Absolutely. Let's pause here before we get okay. to five to ten on your list. And uh, man, it, it's it's so difficult for me to differentiate some of these players uh i mean i'm looking at these and it's like how do you even make an ar- I, like you could make an argument for five for three through ten to be completely flipped and be ten through three and i don't think I would <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right it, right, right? Okay. and a lot of guys not on the list that should be on the list you know? exactly yeah so enough teasing about those numbers we'll give you some names to those numbers next all right matt number five dynasty wide receiver going into 2021 and again this isn't looking back at what their production was so far in their career. This isn't even what you think they will produce in 2021 by itself. You have to factor in longevity, what they could become, if they could explode in 2021, uh, how safe of a player they are going forward, and how long they could be really good because maybe you want to have a trade asset in three years from now, not just a good player in 2021. Absolutely. And this is another one I think I'm a little outside the box on as being higher on than most. And that's Calvin Ridley. And you would think Julio would even be more valuable than Ridley, but that just comes down to age. And and only four guys in the league had more receiving yards than Ridley this past year. He gets Arthur Smith, who I'm a big believer in. You can can tell that, as I mentioned him over and over. Uh, Great route runner. Strong quarterback situation. I mean, even if they don't draft someone at four, he's catching passes from Ryan. And if they do, then maybe they're the quarterback of the future. I think that offense sets up to be really good. I love Calvin Ridley, and he's just rock-solid production, and he could actually have the offense all to himself with Arthur Smith and either Matt Ryan or, like you mentioned, the the quarterback they drafted number four overall for a very long time. So, I mean, he gets open underneath. He gets open deep. He can make every catch you need him to make. uh, Just rock-solid and could potentially even grow into closer to what we've seen Devontae Adams be, depending on who his quarterback is. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they're mentioning Devontae Adams like, hmm, yeah, that couldn't be something that happens for quite a while. I mean, he's he's taken every challenge and beaten it since he's been in the league. Phenomenal route runner, uh, very consistent as well. Uh, I, I'm really, really high on Calvin Ridley. You know what's wild is Calvin Ridley for his size, and what is he, six feet, six one? He's not an imposing figure, six one, one ninety. No. He's about the same size as all of those wide receivers coming out of, out of Alabama. I mean, he, same size as Jerry Judy was last year coming out uh, of Alabama. But he came in as a rookie, had 821 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. The the fewest touchdowns right. he's had is seven. <laughs> he actually is better at scoring touchdowns than the six three freak of nature that is Julio Jones, which is kind of wild. It is kind of wild, and... That's always been a little bit of a knock on Julio for fantasy. And there was a stretch there I kind of thought, Andre Johnson remind, is, is reminiscent of that. Like, why didn't those two catch more touchdowns? Well, Ryan isn't great throwing in tight quarters. And Julio's not as much of a jump ball guy as you think. You know, I mean, so uh, both those guys, you would think, man, you know, it's it, it's probably fluky. But when you never really get double digits, 12 touchdowns, and you're a great, great player with all the skills, Sometimes you're just missing a little something. I'm not ripping on Julio, but um, Ridley has it. I mean, I think they go his way in the in the red zone now more. Absolutely, yeah. 90 catches for 13 
hundred yards last year and nine more touchdowns. So if he keeps up anything near that, then no problem drafting him five overall when it comes to wide receivers in your dynasty or fantasy football leagues. Who's number six on your list? Yeah, you mentioned Ridley at thirteen hundred yards, Justin Jefferson at fourteen hundred yards, and really didn't have a full-time role until week three. I mean, he was just the part-time slot guy on an offense that doesn't run three wide very often until week three. So just ridiculous rookie production, really the best we've ever seen. I like Adam Thielen a lot, but people realize Thielen's now the two. Like if you watch tape late in the year of Minnesota, the defenses are more afraid of Jefferson. You know, Thielen's only going to decline. It's a good situation. You know, I mean, his cousin's the best quarterback in the league. No, but he's the, the number one show in town. Extremely young, of course. Uh, I mean, he was a hard guy for me to rank because I didn't adore him coming out of LSU. I liked him. I thought he was going to be a really good slot in the Michael Thomas role, you know, but not excel like he did outside and wow has he excelled outside yeah I missed on him a little bit in the draft and I liked him I think I had him as my third wide receiver uh maybe okay. fourth I think maybe I had him fourth I but I had him as a, you know and I had him as a first round guy so I had him right about where he got drafted but uh he was a slot only player at LSU his last year he played more outside the year before so you had to go back and see him do that and he did that but I thought man the way he runs his routes and again I don't you always, when you talk about routes now, you have to bring up Devontae Adams. He has a little bit of that where he's got this, it looks like a basketball crossover, like a point guard with the ball in his hands yeah, coming off the line yeah. of scrimmage. And I saw him in college. And I was like, man, are, are NFL DBs going to get their hands on him? I don't know about that release. Is it going to work? And I mean, it has worked fine outside, inside. You can move him around. He's got speed to get deep. Um, he was 6'1 instead of 6'3 as he was listed, which made me a little bit disappointed coming into the draft. So there was just a, a few very minor points that I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but should have had him number one because, wow, uh, he can get deep. He can get open underneath. He is is smooth with his feet. He attacks the ball like an alpha, like you would want a number one wide receiver to be. And I agree. He's already leapfrogged. Adam Thielen is the number one guy there in Minnesota. And and how do you follow up 1,400 yards as a rookie? Yeah, right. I mean, and a lot of people have him over Ridley. That was tough for me. But I've seen Ridley do it for a couple of years. So that, that carries some weight. I, I'm not suggesting that Jefferson's going to – crash down to earth next year or anything like that. I don't think what he did was fluky at all, but I do like seeing, you know, two, three years of production. I wouldn't be surprised if there's people ranking him in dynasty leagues. Number one, as wide receiver. That might be coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's an argument versus AJ Brown and DK Metcalf mm-hmm. and, you know, it's pretty crazy. And the guy that ended up being pretty much traded for him one for one, and I don't think either team is disappointed with what they got in the Vikings getting Justin Jefferson with the first round pick that they landed when they traded Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills, who comes in number seven. Yeah, I mean, he led the league by a wide margin in receptions in his first year. And a lot of receivers, when they switch teams, don't do great, especially in their first year. And remember, there was no preseason. There was no typical training camp. Well, he fit in pretty well, and he attacks the field at all levels. You can dink and dunk with them. You can hit him in the middle of the field. You can go deep. In a way, he kind of reminds me of Antonio Brown in his prime. You know, I mean, in terms of just a great route runner, technician, explosive, no real weaknesses. He's 27 years old, and, I mean, that's that's why he's not third on the list, but uh, he's awfully good, and 
I, I've kind of adored Diggs from afar when he was in Minnesota too. Like if he was in a an offense that threw the ball a lot like they do in Buffalo, he probably would have done this for the Vikes too. This isn't new is what I'm getting. Right, at. yeah, and I don't think you have to convince anybody uh, how good Stephon Diggs is and seeing him on a new team with a bigger-armed quarterback too is somewhat exciting and you know a lot left in the tank there, I think, for Stephon Diggs. How much left in the tank for number eight on your list, DeAndre Hopkins, who's a target hog? Nobody has better ball skills, in my opinion, in the NFL than DeAndre Hopkins, who is turning 29 years old this year. He worries me a little bit. Uh, um, the production's awesome. The highlights are even better. Kyler Murray loves him, and obviously he's the foundation of this offense, but they could use an early pick on a receiver or even a tight end, which I didn't think they would ever use, but they are. And, you know, he's 29 years old. He's the oldest guy I have listed here. So I don't expect him to fade away. I I do expect him to fade away slow because he hasn't gotten open in four years and he still catches pass. You know, I mean, it's (laughs) it's crazy. The way he plays, it doesn't matter if he loses a step. But he is 29. That's why he's eighth. And I compared CeeDee Lamb, who's number nine on your list, to DeAndre Hopkins coming into the draft because of that mentality. Like the ball is mine when it's in the air and not maybe not, you know, breakaway speed necessarily, the top speed. But CeeDee Lamb, I think, has potential to be uh, even better because he's quicker in the short area and I think can uncover better than a young DeAndre Hopkins could but still has those ball skills can go up and get it and as long as they hold on to Dak Prescott there in um in Dallas I mean he's got some competition for touches or else I think we might have seen him go even bigger and I think there's a lot to come for the 22 year old CD Lamb right only Justin Jefferson's younger I mean obviously I mean the rookies and his production wasn't awesome but if you go watch his highlights especially at Oklahoma but even with Dallas I think you can justify this ranking you mentioned it. I mean, they have three good receivers, and that's that's a bit of a worry. I think Lamb will quickly, probably even this year, like will probably be number one. Like if we're doing redraft, I'm taking Lamb ahead of Cooper and ahead of Gallup. I don't know if I'm in the minority with that or not. Most people would probably take Cooper, but I think Lamb will be the guy there. And resigning Dak is huge, obviously. I want to finish up this list, but I do have a question when we start our next segment here about the Dallas Cowboys and their wide receiver position, and I want you to put your GM hat on and how they should remedy that situation with some cap restraints there in Dallas. Let's go to number 10 on your list, and finally, the name that people probably expected to hear higher when you're talking about fantasy football production over the last few years. That is Michael Thomas. And again, he was number one a year ago, and it really wasn't even close. Um, Some guys that just missed would have been McLaurin, Godwin, Evans was the one that was closest to me, who's still crazy young for how you know, how much he's done in this league. Allen Robinson, Galladay. I mean, there's some great names there. But Thomas is a concern for me. I mean, I bet most people would have him higher than 10. But I think he's very Breeze dependent. Not that he'd be bad with anybody else, but the best days of his production, I'm sure when we look back at his career, are going to be those three or four years with Breeze when Breeze just peppered him with targets and they had such synergy on the field. If it's Taysom Hill, I think that kills Thomas. If it's Winston, which it sounds like the blurbs we're reading now that they really want to bring back Winston, that's fine. It's not the end of the world, but he's not the precision short passer that compliments Thomas, anything like Breeze. 
It's funny. Was it? I think it was one of the Tampa defensive backs on social media called him Slant Boy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind right. of funny because it's kind of accurate, right? Like, uh, and and look, when you look back at his career, I don't think you're going to see him catch more balls than when he caught the most balls ever, right? When he's, I mean, 120 receptions, you, you're not going to do that very often. So, um, Michael Thomas, yes, going from Drew Brees to Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston might not be ideal and and he could still be highly productive but he might fall into the Allen Robinson category more than when he was just setting records and just uh, absurd from uh you know just a production standpoint and uh, and it has to it has to affect his fantasy value that Drew Brees is going to be gone I would assume so and I, I think the days of people using a first round redraft pick on Michael Thomas are gone probably for good by the way, Allen Robinson, who's a free agent, it could really affect him where he it lands and where he goes in free agency if he stays with Chicago or goes somewhere else. I think he's dropped one pass in the last five years or something insane wow. like that. Like just just rock solid. And that's why you probably don't draft wide receivers early in your fantasy draft, right, Matt Williamson? Because you can get Allen Robinson later on and the dude, you just know he's going to be productive. Just book it. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, I mentioned Mike Evans, who doesn't make this list. Mm-hmm. And the guy produces every year and frankly he's on a hall of fame pace i mean you mentioned robinson trading teams juju galladay godwin they could all change teams you know i mean and all those uh, fantastic and, rookies and from the, last year that could blow up like yeah. jerry judy could still and the blow rookies up. coming in and Chase can, and, yeah. yeah so i mean it's just a stacked position it is it's fun i mean it's it's the golden era of wide receivers all right let's move on to the Peacock and Williamson mailbag. There's a ton of tweets that we didn't get to yesterday, and I want to attack some of these next. So much more to talk about later on this week, getting deeper into Super Bowl 55. I want to look at all the props, all the different bets that could be happening that you could find at Bet Online. So many fun ways to be involved with the action that is happening is Super Bowl Sunday. Not just NFL football, not just the Super Bowl, college Futures, NFL draft futures, NBA, NHL hockey. You can find it all at Bet Online. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Win yourself a little bit of money. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Betonline.ag. Now is the perfect time to make sure your vehicle is up to the task with inclement weather, whether it be snow or rain, wherever you are, make sure you got the right wiper blades in there. Your tires are on point. Safety for you and your family. Keep your car running smooth and get everything you need at rockauto.com. An amazing selection, easy to navigate website, reliably low prices. You don't need to look any further than rockauto.com. Classic cars, your daily driver, everything you need for your car or truck. They're a family-owned business, been around for 20 years, helping you find parts online at rockauto.com. No different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Reliably low prices, right locked on in the box so they know we sent you. 
Go fix up that old car. Keep your new car running. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need. Before we get to some of these questions, Matt, I want to put it to you. We teased it there about the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver position. C.D. Lamb deserves to be a one or a two and probably a one eventually. You already paid Cooper in Dallas. Michael Gallup is going to earn some cash. Do you just let that play out and let Gallup walk? Do you try to trade Gallup now this offseason to get something for him there? Or do you try to keep Gallup and C.D. Lamb long term and maybe try to trade the more expensive player in Cooper? I would test the waters to see what I would get in return for Gallup as well as Cooper. And if you even moved on from one this year, you could add another rookie in the second round to be pretty darn good. You know, Dallas is picking pretty high. You'd still have a good group of receivers or a tight end. You know, one more pass catcher and then focus on defense with the rest. But overall, if I had to pick one, I would move Cooper. And he might be a little harder because of his contract, but Gallup's about to get paid too. I like Amari, but like he didn't even cons- you know sniff my top 10. I'm not sure he sniffed my top 20. I think there's a lot of inconsistencies with him. He seems to have two blow-up games a year, two or three real stinkers, even though that's not like he's not part of the game plan. He just doesn't play well. Um, uh, he's not my favorite. I tend to agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it it kind of depends on what you could get. If you can get mm-hmm. more for Cooper and he's more expensive, then trade Cooper for sure. And I think that's probably right, right. how it would go. Then you then you pay Gallup a little bit less, and now you've got Gallup and Lamb, and I think that's a solid combo. And and Gallup, while he doesn't fly, he's really good at getting the ball down the field. And then uh, C.D. Lamb's your underneath guy, your target hog, run after catch, can get open underneath, and he can also go make plays on the ball down the field too. So I, I would like that combo, no matter who it is with C.D. Lamb, who, in my opinion, would be the number one. And so maybe you don't try to pay Gallup until – after this season, you trade Cooper, and then when it's clear that Gallup's the number two, then you pay him number two money rather than paying the number one money that you're paying Amari Cooper. Yeah, that's well said. And in the meantime, you use a third-round pick on a guy and groom him you know, a year or so. I bet, do you agree that in 2022, Dallas's opening day, all three will not be a Cowboy? Say that again. 2022 opening day, the three of them won't won't all be Cowboys. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. For, at first, I thought you said none of them would be Cowboys, and I was like, oh, my gosh, uh, what's going to happen there? What's going on in Matt Williamson's <laughs> money? <laughs> I think one of those has to go, for sure. I agree. And you'll probably get one more year out of the three of them and then yeah. shop them. Yeah, they don't have to do anything now, but maybe this is when you get the most in trade, especially for Gallup because he's cheap and teams might be up against it. They want to add a wide receiver. Maybe that's the cheapest, yeah. best way to get a, a veteran player. Maybe with the cap move, situation right now. Right, yeah. Let's move on to some of these questions here. And uh, this is an interesting one from Kevin. He says, what do you guys think the chances are that when the quarterback carousel is over and there will probably be at least one or two more teams that don't get anybody, that they go after Goff? Is there a potential for Goff to be flipped now from Detroit somewhere else? That is a question hmm. from Kevin. What do you think about that? Because it sounds I think, unlikely. I think Atlanta and Detroit are in a similar similar situation there at the top of the draft. If the right quarterback is there, you almost have to take him. And if you have to take him, then you have to play him. You don't want to just sit. You know, if you get Justin Fields at four and you're the Falcons, you're just gonna sit him all year. Right. Same with, same I with mean, the Lions in Detroit and you're losing games with Goff. Why would you go through that? The only way I could see it happening 
I don't think the Lions would trade up for a quarterback. You know, if you go into the draft with Goff on your roster, all these picks, I don't think they'd be actively looking to get the three, you know, to get a quarterback. But if Wilson or Fields or even Lance, you know, maybe Mac Jones, but probably not, fall to them, and they just say, we have to take them, you know, kind of like you said, kind of like Atlanta, like, hey, we're here, and this guy's a franchise quarterback who's 21 years old, we have to take him. Then maybe on day two of the draft, you call the Bears or Washington and say, you want to give us something for Goff? Hmm. Okay, I like that. Yeah, maybe there's maybe more opportunity for some summertime post-draft trading than we usually ever see. Could be in those type of situations, you know, depending where four really high picks and probably five first round pick quarterbacks land. I mean, there'll probably be 10 teams that want them and only half of them get them. And I think when it comes to the draft, I think those top quarterbacks are going to be too valuable versus the players that will be on the board. So those teams should leverage that value with either drafting a quarterback themselves or trading those picks to teams that do want a quarterback. Yeah, and maybe even a Jordan Love-type move happens on draft day. Or maybe Jordan Love himself gets traded on draft day. That's what I mean, yeah. 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 Oh, I thought you meant like the way that the Packers traded up last year for Jordan Love. Oh, good Which which could also happen at the end of the first round. And maybe he ends up in Washington on draft day or, you know. Another projection you had last week in our podcast about where these quarterbacks will land was Derek Carr potentially on the move? We have a question here. Thoughts on ranking Carr versus Cousins, two players that are rumored to have some interest in the trade market. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you heard some other rumblings about Derek Carr potentially that could be on the move. Yeah, and I had heard nothing before that. I just kind of thought that, you know, knowing how Gruden operates, if he's seeing a lot, and we saw the first chips fall since then, that these quarterbacks are getting a lot in return. And I even read a blurb today that sound agent driven, but Sam Darnold's going to demand a late first round pick. And, you know, if you're sitting there and the way Gruden thinks and always wanting to accumulate shiny things, I could see them saying, we like Marcus as much as we like Carr. And if we can trade Carr for two firsts or something along those lines, let's entertain that and get him off the books and use that on defense. So that was my logic last week for saying, Car to the Patriots is what I think I guess there. Um, as for Car versus Cousins, I like Car a lot better, to be honest with you. Cousins has put up numbers, and I'm hard on Cousins. I'm too hard on Cousins, to be honest with you. He's a good quarterback. I think Car's just a lot more gifted. He's a little more robotic than I would like Car. Um, but when he's on and things around him are strong. I think he's a top 10 type of guy. I probably would lean toward Cousins just because he's such a good system guy, and I think you can plug him into any team's system. He's going to give you a base level that is good enough to win, and Carr is just so up and down in his career. I would just be willing to bank on what Cousins is going to give you, and he's going to go through the right reads and probably underrated as far as a deep ball thrower because he throws a pretty ball. He throws an accurate ball, even though he doesn't have a cannon of an arm, and I think just his stature and you know not being a physically imposing guy hurts Cousins when he gets ranked out, and he's graded. He actually is graded higher than Matthew Stafford, according to Pro Football Focus, over the course of the last five years, and he hasn't missed games either. He's been... Uh, He's been dependable. So for those reasons, I think I would lean toward Cousins. But, I, but you know, similar tier. They're middle tier guys, and it's funny because teams might be trying to get to the middle tier, and some teams are trying to get out of the middle tier to go higher. 
I always hate to bring up Niners and Steelers because we do it too much, and I'm very guilty of that. But I bet that that whole answer sounded like I would rather have cousins for my Niners than Carr. And I laugh because I'm going to my Steelers show now, and we're going to bring up Derek Carr as, well, he's kind of cost-effective. If Ben's not the guy, he could be an option. For my Steelers, I would prefer Carr to Cousins. But if I'm the Niners, I might prefer Cousins to Carr. Especially with Shanahan connections system, and right, knowing right. that that already is going to work. So that's, that's exactly. a big part of it yeah. as well. Here's one. Interesting. Last one here. We'll finish on this. Uh, how does Travis Kelsey compare to other great tight ends in their prime? Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Gronk. I think Gronk is far and away number one it, because he does it all. And there's nobody like him. He's obviously won Super Bowls. And go look at his yards per reception numbers. I mean, he's not just a big lumbering guy. He, you know, he downfield. I think he's far and away number one. I used to think Gonzalez was pretty clearly number two, but I didn't do this for shock value. I mean, during the AFC Championship game, I put a, a tweet out to Chiefs fans. Who's the best Chiefs tight end ever? <laughs> and I think, and, and obviously there'll be some recency bias. People are watching Kelsey in front of their face going, oh, Kelsey, he's awesome. I think they're pretty darn close. Kelsey, yeah, Kelsey and Gonzalez similar. As receivers, uh, I, I would love to see how Gonzalez would get used this day and age. Uh, he was used oh, more in line, so had to block more than Kelsey. Kelsey's a slot wide receiver, essentially, uh, a lot of times. So uh, yeah, I would yeah. probably say with those four, I'll take Gronk, Gonzalez, Kelsey, and Gates, even though Gonzalez, Kelsey, and Gates are all very close. And, and Gates was so good for mm -hmm. so long, I would just, you know, these are all Hall of Fame caliber guys, but I'd put Gates just behind Kelsey. A favorite of mine who was way ahead of his time is Kellen Winslow. I mean, senior. I was around junior who was unbelievably talented, but bonkers. But imagine <laughs> yeah. Winslow's use today. You know, I mean, they were detaching him in 1982 when no one saw that before. But imagine, you know, much like you mentioned with Gonzalez, if he was playing today, wow. Absolutely. Fun stuff. Great questions out there. Thank you so much. I uh, always love hearing your dynasty rankings matt and we still have one more of those we'll get into it next tight week, ends post yeah. super bowl and talk dynasty tight ends it's a shorter list than wide receivers so i think that will be a lot more fun and uh maybe a little bit more debate there just because there's so many good wide receivers you could argue going in the top 10 there's fewer that you could argue could go in the top 10 as far as tight ends go we'll do that next oh, it's week. total opposite yeah we gotta turn turn our attention to super bowl it's super bowl time, time. yeah we'll have chris yeah. raybon on tomorrow talking about the betting angles and the super bowl six pack and and make our official picks as well friday and dive deep into this thing maybe look at some of the prop bets and and some other things that bet online all that coming up right here peacock and williamson